We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. I went in there, I about threw up. I have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, Friday edition. First show in two weeks, Johnny. The Rams are are two and one, but you know, last year we were three and zero, oh, and I sure should feel a lot better about the team at two and one than I did at three and zero oh last year. Winning, I, I guess, it is everything in football, but you know, you get you get moral victories sometimes, and. I will say that Bills game as as much as I would have liked to win it, you know that would have obviously been the ideal scenario. It, I in, in full disclosure, so Johnny, I, I was uh, I was on a trip and I only was able to catch this game in the car, and I was only able to catch the second half of this game in the car. Uh, I went back and watched the highlights from the first half, but <laughs> put putting this game on. When I did, like, it was 21-3, to the Bills scored. I was like, well, we're about to get blown out. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, it's 28-17. to We might actually win this thing. Uh, that was a great half of football. Felt like a a great game. And, you know, even though we lost, 
and it was in controversial fashion. You know, I've been saying for the last two years on here, football games do not come down to one play. So uh, as much as that call at the end sucks, like, I don't want to hear it. I We had plenty of chances to win that game, and we had some calls go our way as well. But, uh, I mean, for for us to come back and actually take the lead in that run, even though we lost it, it certainly felt good. And against a team like Buffalo, who is right now at least a favorite to win their division and will almost certainly be a, a playoff team in the AFC. I mean, I'd love, I would have loved to win that game and be three and zero. But uh, you got to lose, you got to lose at some point. And this is a very good two and one and a team that I think clearly after three games we could say is good. Which last year we were like we just said we were three and zero, and I don't think I would have said that if you listen to that. If you listen to the post game Cleveland pod, I'm pretty sure I said this team is not in good shape. But uh, two and one coming off a loss is a weird thing to say, but it like it seems. And I would I would bet my money that the Rams will be back in the playoffs this year. So, Steve, what do you think, man? Do you think we should uh, sue the NFL? Uh, I, <laughs> no. I'm about to head over right now. Um, sue them, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start, you know, getting flags, you know, start throwing them all over the place. Look. Uh... <laughs> it was a very, like, hotly debated thing on Twitter about – a lot of us, like me, were like, you know, you can't fucking blame the game on that one play. It sucks. It's a missed call. And then there were a lot of people that were like, fuck that. We should have won this game. And they took it away from us on that one play. Uh, but that was the Saints argument. And they weren't wrong. And neither, I mean, neither would we be here. But you look at the game like that. <laughs> the interception we got was kind of bullshit. Uh, on the play where I was either Dawson or Tyler Croft got the push off, uh, and then we kind of stole the ball out of him very sneakily. And I don't know if it was legal, but uh, regardless, yeah, continue. <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing is, is I, I'm kind of tired of all these kind of calls being circled around the Rams. Like I, I even get, you know, cowboy fans that are my friends that that'll say, well, the Rams cheated and the Rams um, really should have uh, lost against the Cowboys because that wasn't an offensive pass interference. And I'm like, would you relax with that already? And really, we have no room to talk either. You know, it it sucked that the call, I mean, it sucked that the call happened. Let's put it that way. But at the same time, the Rams shouldn't have allowed 28 points in the first half, as opposed to their three points only. And, you know, there's no excuse for that. I will commend them for, you know, fighting back. And as Steve mentioned earlier, it was a moral victory in that regard, but, it could have easily have been a victory for the Rams had they not done a lot of other things, including, you know, ridiculous third, uh, third and long situations that they didn't stop them at or fourth and long even. So yeah, I, I don't blame the loss on that one call. The Rams had every opportunity to win that game. And unfortunately it didn't happen. And your cowboy friends aren't wrong. 
Saints fans weren't wrong at the time in a way. And we fans complaining about this aren't wrong either. But the moral of the story is bad calls happen. Sometimes they go their way, your way. Uh, sometimes they go the other way. And every game has more than one play. And like you mentioned, the third it was third and twenty two, and we give up that play to Cole Beasley. Yeah, you know, like Cole fucking Beasley, man. Like <laughs> you got to stop that if you want to win this game. And against good teams, uh, I I get it. I get the frustration. I was certainly frustrated too. But uh, you know, like Johnny just said, week one we got a call late in the game that went our way. That was, you know, maybe not pass interference. It was, and we talked about it that week after week one. It was close, but uh, this one was a little worse than that. But you know, it happens, and we, like you said, we. I in the fact check you it was twenty one to three at halftime, but then they scored like right away in the third quarter. Uh, you don't get in that hole, you have a chance to win this game. You don't give up that third and twenty two, you have the chance to win this game. You know, there's other things that happen. Uh, and, and you can't blame it all on the missed call. But it, it always does suck to lose games like that. Um, but it, it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, we're both in agreement. Like, it's it's a good team, and it feels good. Uh, and, and I think we can both agree after three weeks, a lot of the question marks about this team, uh, most of those questions are being answered in real time. Uh, and we'll, it starts – you know, to me, it kind of starts with Jared Goff, and I do want to talk about him. We're gonna we'll, we'll talk about the team a little bit, and then uh, we will obviously get to the Giants game preview. But Jared Goff was a big question after last year. Had a real down year. A lot of it was on the offensive line. A lot of it was on the rushing game, and a lot of it was on him. He is not blameless, even if he had those things going against him. You know, you want to be making thirty-five million dollars a year. You got to be able to overcome when you know your line isn't playing well or when your running game isn't fully there. And he didn't do that last year, but this year, uh, the line is holding up, the running game is there, and it, he's just straight up balling, man. He, I, I could not be more impressed with how he's played. He's completing seventy percent of his passes, which is I know it's a short sample size, but five points higher than his previous high in 2018 which was you know I think pretty clearly the best year of his career uh he's on pace to be better this year he's ranked fourth overall by pro football focus in their quarterback grades behind Mahomes Wilson and Rodgers so that's great company to be in Uh, and overall he looks really sharp uh I he had he's only like I rarely and and what I've watched from him, uh, I I don't think he mi- has missed much, if at all, on throws. He hasn't been taking as as many like big deep shots as he has in the past, uh, especially week one. I feel like he he really didn't do much do it much at all. But man, he's hitting everything. He's making good decisions. Uh, only two interceptions this year. I I I could not be happier, honestly, with with how he's playing this year. He he's been fantastic. Uh, and in my opinion, and a big reason why, and not the only reason, but a the, the catalyst for why this offense has turned around, and why uh, you know, we can secure and say like this team is probably going to be back in the playoffs because it starts with him. It's always started with him, and two out of the last three years, it it, it was great with him, and then last year not so much, but this year it seems like he's back and could be. And route to a career year, the way he's playing so far. 
You know, it's funny because I, I think both you and I were very concerned about Goff entering the season. Uh, I think you and I probably were a little optimistic, more so than the average fan, I'll say. Um, I know there are some fans that were just, Goff is the greatest thing ever, but um, yeah. I I have to say, I, I'm really impressed with how he's really played this season, not so much um, just because of numbers, but basically how he's adjusted and how he's basically made this offense his. And, you know, it's definitely a lot of credit has to go to Sean McVay as well for making this work from the offensive line to Jared Goff, you know, playing to Jared Goff's strengths. But, you know, I, I like seeing what I see from Jared Goff this year. He's making way better decisions than last season. Uh, there, I mean, he hasn't been flawless. He made a very crucial interception uh, last week. But other than that, like, his only other interception, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Steve, I believe he only has one other interception. Yep. And that one interception should not have been one. Yep. So, um, all things kept into perspective there, you know, golf is, is on the rise there. Um, he played exceptionally well against a very good defense. Like I said, he had that one lapse of judgment there, but overall I, I felt like he did a solid job there and, uh, it's only going to get easier, uh, for the time being. So, <laughs> I, I have to say I'm pretty confident in what I see with golf so far. Let's hope that they can keep this up. But uh, one one more thing before I hand it back off to you, I I have to say I'm really impressed too uh, with the fact that despite being down alignment, they still seem to be performing really well. For you sure. know, uh, David Edwards stepped in and. You know, you and I both felt that David Edwards was the better guard um, anyway. And it, I mean, I don't know if I could say he was better this year or not because I feel like it's such a small sample size, but the offense still seems to be performing well. I, I think he played better than Opum did. And, and like you said, it's a small sample size, but I – if he keeps it up, I don't think he gives that job back, and that's not really an indictment on Nopum. Nopum played uh, well. He he did not play bad in, in the time, but I thought Edwards played really solid last week, and uh, I got a really good grade on Pro Football Focus. He, yeah, it, like we we were so high on him last year, and we were both, I think, pretty surprised that Nopum got that job back. But I no doubt. Yeah, I, I love David Edwards, man. And yeah, the line the line is playing great. And that's another question mark before the season. Uh, we thought there was a, a good amount of depth there because there's a lot of guys who we could see starting. Uh, you know, we haven't even seen Bobby Evans yet, uh, who played well last year. Uh, Brian Allen didn't play great last year, but he is still around. And Edwards stepped in seamlessly. And that's the benefit to having that depth is that you got a guy like that. That who an open goes down, no problem. We'll, we'll plug this plan in. In a year when clearly, like we haven't been hit that bad, but injuries are just everywhere. I, it feels good to have depth at such a crucial position, 
and Edwards stepped in and, and played his ass off, and it, I, I don't really think he loses that job. Uh, and and that's, that's a, a position that we needed to be really good this year, and they've been really good. It, it's been really impressive so far. Uh, there's really – I really can't – I don't think anyone can complain about how the line is playing. And uh, and and the the third component of the offense, and probably the last one we'll talk about before the game preview, the running game, man, and Daryl Henderson, who was buried in Week One, played like four snaps. Uh, I certainly ruled him out as being a factor in this backfield, but here we are. He he is the backfield. He I I do not think he relinquishes the starting job anytime soon. Uh, he currently, and again, this is pro football focus. These stats aren't perfect, but he's currently the highest graded running back in the NFL uh, by five points over the next guy. And so you know to take this with a grain of salt. Jared McKinnon is the next guy, <laughs> but <laughs> but, a, but but after him, Johnny. So we're not. So you know it's not total bullshit. Is Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, James Robinson, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, all guys who are good players and playing great. So he he has over 200 total yards in the last two weeks. Uh, he's averaging like a hair under six yards a carry. Uh, and not only does he pass the test statistically, he passes the eye test with flying colors. Uh, I He was killing it against the Bills last week and, and against the Eagles the week before. Uh, I, I don't see a reason why you would go back to either Malcolm Brown or or when he comes back, Cam Akers is a feature back. And it, it begs the question, Johnny. And I have to preface this because anytime you say something like this, people always say, like, like what I'm going to say before I say it, Les Snead and Sean McVay are great at their jobs. They're way better at it than I would ever be. Uh, because I feel like when you say stuff like this, people always jump down your throats on that like, and let you know that. But we obviously think that. But... What we're seeing from Daryl Henderson in the last two weeks, it feels like, and this is not a shot at Cam Akers, but it feels like that pick was a mistake. And before the draft, we all, not all of us, but at least you and I and a lot of other people, vocal people did not want this team to draft a running back because you had Daryl Henderson, who you spent not a second-round pick on, but a, a, a decently high third-round pick. You have Malcolm Brown, who we know was a a very capable backup and played great in week one when he was the lead back. Uh, and, you know, you could add guys around the margins there. You know, we, I think we have five running backs on the team right now. Uh, there are other guys you can add, but you had that top Henderson and Brown. You had so many needs on defense. You had inside linebackers a need outside linebackers a need. Both are still needs. Uh, still the, the two questions that haven't fully been answered uh, so far this year, although Micah Kaiser has played well, and I think Leonard Floyd has played well too. But man, he's just proving why we thought that. And even though I I still believe in Cam Akers, I'm sure you do too. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think it's going to be necessarily a wasted pick. Henderson's just shown why we thought that, and we could have had a guy like Josh Uchi there at defensive end. Could have had a guy like Willie Gay there, an inside linebacker, and we went Acres, and it's fine. I think it will be fine. I think these guys will complement each other well long term. But right now, I don't know if Daryl Henderson needs a compliment, man. He's fucking balling. Uh, he looks so good, and it's a good problem to have. But 
feel like you had like that's why people were not thrilled about that pick the night it happened. Well, so here here's the thing. Well, I kind of agreed with you at at the time. I I, I uh, didn't exactly want to draft a running back with the second round pick. I totally agreed with that. Uh, I wasn't opposed to drafting a running back, but I was kind of hoping to address things like linebacker um, early, and then maybe if there was still you know a talented running back left over. In like maybe the fourth or fifth round, uh, maybe the the Rams could you know take a chance there. But um, Cam Akers, I will say this: I did not expect Cam Akers to drop to the Rams, and when he did, I was I was you know I was a little happier because I felt like he was um, he he was you know a great guy to pick there. But at the same time, was it a, uh, an essential need? No, no, it wasn't. And that's why I wasn't like shooting over the moon about it either. So, and and as you mentioned, you know, they had drafted Daryl Henderson the year prior. So there wasn't exactly a huge, huge need. And then, of course, Malcolm Brown was coming back and we already know that Brown was going to play some sort of role here. So that being said, right now, it's easy to kind of not love the pick because in the grand scheme of things, we've only seen one game of Cam Akers. Um, He technically was involved in two, but he may as well not have played in the Eagles game. So really when you only have one game to go on and it wasn't an impressive game by any means, it, it's really difficult um, to see the lighter side here. Now, as you mentioned, further down the line, it's going to probably benefit more than it will right this second. I, I, in, in a lot of ways, um, you can almost say the same thing of their, um, you know, tight end draft pick uh Bryson Hopkins they it's basically the same exact thing so yeah but, but with uh and, and I'll let you continue but with Bryson Hopkins he was the late fourth round pick Kim Akers was our first pick in this draft and as you mentioned it wasn't a necessity pick we we a lot of us me and you definitely wanted them to go receiver in the second round because it was so deep this year and we knew that would be a luxury pick because you have three starters that are uh, – two of them are very good, and one of them and Josh Reynolds is, is fine. Um, we knew that would be a luxury pick, and we wanted them to address that in the second, which is why you know, with the other pick, I personally would have liked them to go in a different direction because they essentially did make two luxury picks, even though running back was more of a need than receiver. But, yeah, continue. This is true. Uh, there, there was so many guys that we were taking a look at for a receiver. And, you know, there was, of course, other needs as well. It was such a deep draft for a receiving class, and we ended up with Van Jefferson. That's a whole other story. But um, the uh, in regards to, like, Cam Akers, my, 
I guess where I'm getting at here is there's a lot to consider down the line as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, Malcolm Brown's contract is up this year, correct? Yep. He, he'll yeah. be a free agent. So I imagine that the Rams probably won't be able to afford him uh, because they have, like, negative cap space at, <laughs> at, as we're talking. So I I don't envision that the Rams could even bring back a guy like Malcolm Brown and who knows, maybe he'll do so well this season that he commands a higher contract, if that's even possible for running back nowadays. So in in this regard, you have a guy like Cam Akers who can be a nice duo in the future. I, I think what it is is we got our hopes like really sky high on Cam Akers because of the guy's potential, sort of like how we did with Daryl Henderson – who's yep. now starting to flourish. So do you see a pattern here going on? And, and I know, Steve, you kind of already see this, but I kind of wanted to point this out because I, I did get the same kind of comments from different Rams fans as well, saying maybe Cam Akers was a wasted pick. I That's not necessarily true, you know, and, and I don't think that's what you were getting at at all. Just... I understand what you're saying in regards to need um, because especially looking at our linebacker situation, it's been better. Let's put it that way. It's been a lot better. And, and uh, you know, one of the reasons why the Rams lost against the bills was because there was absolutely no linebacker presence to be fair. The Rams did actually draft Terrell Lewis to help with um, with the outside linebacker position, but unfortunately injuries happen, and hopefully we'll get him back soon. I, I think he's back this it. week. I think he's going to play. Yeah. Here's hoping, man, because Samson Ibukam is just not the answer there as a starter. And as far as Leonard Floyd... It, it, it's actually aggravating because Leonard Floyd has flashes here and there, but like for most of the game, he's just not there. So to get a guy like Terrell Lewis, who has tremendous upside, I'm hoping that this can rejuvenate some sort of motivation in these guys because Aaron Donald cannot do it by himself. He, he just can't. He Dude, Superman and everything, but Jeez, he, he, there's, there's got to be somebody else that's causing pressure, and there's just not much. He came pretty damn close to doing it by himself in that Buffalo game, though, man. Holy shit. He, uh, he single-handedly, <laughs> I feel like, like carried them on defense to those stops. He was just destroying them. Like, uh, Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they, they were really hoping – for, for him to miss the bus because they did not have an answer, and I felt like they knew that. Yep. Yeah, man, he was fucking awesome. Uh, and, and, yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you said. And I like and I think I mentioned this. I, Cam Akers, I think, is going to be a really good player. Uh, maybe he's not a three-down bell cow. Maybe he is. Uh, either way, the point really is, like like you mentioned, we don't have those edge rushers, and they did have Terrell Lewis, 
and, and maybe he's the guy they need, and maybe this all works out. But like there were guys at fifty two that you could have gone inside and out, uh, and, and and Kaiser's played decent for sure, uh, better than I thought. But you know, last week I I don't think he looked great. He he was in coverage on that that game winning touchdown. Not entirely his fault, but. You know that's his man. We we don't have a Corey Littleton anymore to guard tight ends and running backs, and I think it's showing. Uh, even though we have all these DBs playing, uh, T. Rap man looks fucking lost out there. I hate to say it. Uh, it's gonna be great to get Jordan Fuller back. Uh, things I didn't expect to say in week four of the season, but uh, it not he is not he has not done it. Gotten it done this year. But it, yeah, I. I you made all great points, and I think it's it's too early to tell on that Acres pick. I I personally even no matter how Henderson plays, I don't think that pick is going to be a waste. Uh, I just think there were better paths to take with the pick. Uh, is is really my point there? Because you know we all thought Daryl Henderson might have this in him, and and clearly he does. Uh, he looks fucking awesome in these last two games. So so we'll see. Uh, we'll see, man. And, and it's nice to get Tara Lewis back. We 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 certainly need him. Uh, there is no presence on the pass rusher besides Aaron Donald for like ninety five percent of the pass rushes. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. It is uh, infuriating. Well, it's it's the Friday pod, so Johnny, we got to talk about the game. Week four, the Rams are hosting the New York Football Giants, who are in contention for the number one pick in the draft, along with their partners uh, in New Jersey, the New York Jets, who I I am not watching this game while I podcast. Uh, but right now, the Jets are down eight at the end of the third quarter to Brett Ripon. You think I pronounced that right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah, so both both the Jets and the Giants are just uh, horrible. But I I will say so. I watch I watched the condensed game uh, before the pod. Giants forty niners. Now to preface this, I'm gonna look up the injury report for the 49ers last week uh, because it, it was a lot. It was a lot. Well, fuck, why can't I find this? Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about the game. I'll look this up. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the the Giants, man, they lost this game, what was it, like 36-9? Something, something brutal. But I will say this. Their defense is pretty good, and uh, like I, they, the score did not repl- reflect the performance that they gave on defense. They they made a lot of really good stops. Uh, they they made a lot of big plays. Uh, they were they were out there. I I, I was because I genuinely I expected to go into this game just uh, thinking that the 49ers would have housed them and it was a very close game up until like right before halftime where the the Giants just gave up a touchdown 
then gave away the ball immediately and and gave up more <laughs> and then they gave up more more points immediately. But here are the players that didn't play for the 49ers because we have to preface it with that. Uh, Akella Witherspoon, D4, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dre Greenlaw, George Kittle, Tom Compton, and Raheem Mostert, which is a, a pretty significant group of guys. And was uh, Debo Samuels out? And was Richard Sherman on the IR? Is he on the IR right now? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe so, but I'm not 100% sure. Yes, he's on the IR. So him and Debo were also out. So this was not the 49ers at full strength, like comically not at full strength. But I will say, like, I it's a pretty good defense. And if, if we do torch this defense, uh, I think it is something to feel really good about. They, they've given up the 13th fewest yards per game and the 17th fewest points per game, which for an 0-3 Giants team are really solid numbers. Uh, Blake Martinez, their, their linebacker, he's a really good player. He played great uh, in this game. They, there's a lot to like on defense with that team, I'll be honest. The problem is they spend the entire game on the field because their offense is absolutely fucking trash. Like... Like, 2016 Rams-level trash, it felt like I was watching. The only, like, positive takeaway I had watching them was Daniel Jones can move. He, like, all I feel like all their best players were just him running QB draws or uh, read options. And it, he he was moving. He, he In that regard, he played great. In every other regard, he did not play great. Uh, they're missing receivers. They're missing Saquon Barkley, and they, as a result, they have the worst rushing attack in the NFL, which bodes great for us uh, because I, I can confidently say that if Devonta Freeman and Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman run all over us, we have some serious problems as a football team, and we need to trade for a linebacker immediately if that happens. But I don't think that's going to happen because their running game is so bad. They're averaging 58 yards per game on the ground which is, like, the worst in the league by, by quite a few yards. Uh, they're second to last in points per game. Uh, they're 0-3, and it just seems like it's going to keep spiraling out of control for this team. Uh, they they are not good. And I, I won't even classify this as a trap game because, like, I would say the Eagles were a trap game where, like, they looked really bad, but there's still a lot of talent there, and there was a chance they could have pulled it out and, and done something. But... If we lose to this team, there's a problem. And I, I, I feel really confident we're not. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Giants. That was my my little scouting report. Uh, I, I'm not sure if Daniel Jones is, is like a bust, but he didn't hasn't looked great. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There might be something there. Uh, and he can move. I, I was surprised with how well he can move. But uh, it, it's also not his fault that Saquon Barkley got hurt. And that offense is built around Saquon Barkley. And when he's not there and you replace him with Devonta Freeman off the couch uh, and Deion Lewis in 2020, like, that ain't it. Uh, that just ain't it. This this team is not good. Uh, and it, it's bad when you hamper a quarterback by putting this team around him. But also, he might be part of the problem. I don't know. Okay, so... Um... To answer your question, is uh, 
is Daniel Jones a bust? Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, I, I'm just going to go on record in saying that because he's exactly who I thought he was. Yeah. Not yeah, good. He, <laughs> I mean, I, I keep thinking back to that draft when they drafted him and kind of reached like beyond reached for Daniel Jones. Six overall. I get it. They didn't get the. Yeah, I I get it. They didn't get a quarterback and they needed a quarterback because Eli Manning was super old. But at the same time, if you're going to spend a sixth overall pick on a guy, at least get someone you'd be really confident in building your franchise around. And that's not Daniel Jones. You know, could could the guy amount to something eventually? Maybe? Question mark? Um, kind of like the same maybe for like a Jay Cutler, you know? But I felt like even Jay Cutler had, you know, traits in a quarterback that you could kind of see. And really the only thing you get out of Daniel Jones is he's mobile great uh i I mean that there are a lot of other quarterbacks that are backups that can also be mobile (laughs) bryce perkins are are uh you know backup backup uh during during the offseason is is mobile you know and i don't know maybe i'm being too harsh on the guy but i i just i really don't understand why the giants reach for him they've made so many questionable decisions as a franchise for the past gosh i don't know three or four years now and about the only thing they've really done well is getting saquon barkley and that was such a pick that you had to be stupid not to take Saquon Barkley. Well, e- even, with Sa- even with Saquon, man, they in 20, what was it, 18, they took a running back second overall. So while Saquon himself is a just complete fucking stud, it, that pick still might have been a mistake to take a running back that high in this day and age. But obviously Saquon's, re- Saquon's really good, and it – like we said with Cam Akers, it's not never would that pick be considered a bad pick, but it might have not been the right pick uh, in this day and age. Well, Saquon would probably say it wasn't the right pick for him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Saquon um, it was literally their only offensive weapon, and now that he's out. Um, it really shows that he was literally the Giants' only weapon. <laughs> yeah. There are there are some receivers there that have potential, but it ain't going to make a bit of difference if your quarterback can't get it to you. The offensive line is atrocious. And I just, unless they send like four guys on, on Aaron Donald, which don't laugh because that happens, um, they – I see Aaron Donald chasing after poor Daniel Jones. Like this, this is going to be awful offensively for, for the giants. I I think this is 
going to be really, really good defensive performance of the Rams. However, like you said, if they get the ground game going for some bizarre reason, I, I'm totally freaking concerned for the rest of the 2020 season. Just there, saying. There are like severe problems with this defense if the Giants have a very good day on the ground. Uh, um, unless like Daniel Jones runs for 150 yards, which would still be really concerning, but like at least you know that's a flaw on this team that like we've known they struggle guarding that. Um, like Devonta Freeman running loose would be a a whole whole different scenario, and the like they do have some decent receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard's out, which really hampers the core. But like if he's healthy. Him, Darius Slate, and Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, that's a good receiving core. That's a good group of four guys. Uh, the problem is there's not really, like, a, a, a top dog there. So you kind of need all four of them for it to truly be, like, as effective as you want. And obviously when Saquon's there, that's a whole other story. But even if he's not there, if Shepard was there, it would be an okay group of receivers. But with, without him, like... The two receivers, no, one of these guys is getting Jalen Ramsey. And, I mean, I like Darius Slayton. Uh, I even like Golden Tate. But <laughs> they're not going to do shit against Jalen Ramsey, or at least I hope not. Uh, Engram, we'll see, because obviously we have our issues with the tight end. But, I mean, even if Evan Ingram goes for 250 yards, I still feel like we can blow the Giants out. Because, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> like that's it, man. Uh, they're really not a good team, especially in offense, and they will make mistakes. And as long as and that was a problem in the 49ers game is they kept making mistakes. They kept getting off the field quickly. Uh, they had a really bad fourth and one uh, in that game where Daniel Jones ran a QB sneak and just like did not even like did not get there. Uh, and and as a result, like the the 49ers just kept capitalizing on these mistakes, even if it wasn't touchdowns. Uh, you get a field goal, those add up. So it's, yeah, it, this it, truly this game should be a cakewalk with us, but it's the NFL. All these guys are good enough to be in the NFL. You you never know. Uh, is there, I, I mean, from our side, like what, what are you looking for out of the team in this game? Uh, Jordan Fuller is going to be back. Terrell Lewis is expected to play. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they use Terrell Lewis if they if they really even use him in his first game back. This is the game to do it because it's the fucking Giants. Uh, like if you're gonna let it let a guy get some real reps, game time reps, this is the game to do it in. Assu- assuming things don't go off the rails, but uh, I I am excited to see him play. Third round pick obviously uh, has been inactive. He dealt with COVID and now he was dealing with an injury. Uh, it's good to have him back. We need him. <laughs> That's how linebackers ain't cutting it. Uh, if he could be an impact player for us this year, that would be huge. And I, I, I'm i excited to see him play. That's definitely what I'm most excited to see here. Uh, you know, I would have to agree. I, I'm really excited with Daryl Lewis uh, just because both you and I have been waiting to see how the the Rams were going to utilize Terrell Lewis from the beginning. So I, I am also looking forward to him, but for the sake of choosing somebody different, uh, 
I guess I, I'm I'm excited to see Daryl Henderson to see how he continues to progress. You know, he's had a solid couple of weeks so far, and uh, you know, seeing I, I don't know if it'd be a huge victory for him if he does well against the Giants, but if he continues growing his confidence and continues playing, I'm okay with you know letting Daryl Henderson continue to you know ride the season as as the featured back. And, you know, Malcolm Brown being that third down back, we all were kind of basically assuming he was going to be. And uh, when Cam Akers gets back, you know, they can slowly get him some reps. But is it a race to get Cam Akers reps? Not necessarily. You know, uh, like I said, only one game so far this year, really. And, uh, you know, getting him reps little by little might be more beneficial to a rookie, you know. For sure, and, and in this game, uh, that would be good. And, and like, with Henderson, him and Malcolm Brown actually split the snaps straight evenly last week, which it, it sounds insane given the usage for Henderson. So, you know, I, I don't know if he – if they ever would even want him to be a, you know, 80 90% snap share guy. I, I would hope we go a little higher than 50 which is obviously what he got because he did play like exceptional. And I'd like to see what he could do with 60% of the snaps. Uh, but it, there's no reason for him not to be the guy. It, I, like, even though there's going to, Brown's going to be involved. I would imagine acres is involved at some point. Henderson's got to be the lead right now. Like the, this, it d- didn't look like a fluke. Like he wasn't really getting lucky runs. Like he was running man. And we, he was gaining comparisons to Alvin Kamara when we drafted him, you know, a home run hitter, uh, you know, a guy you may not want him to be your straight up lead full on lead back, but you know, Kamara clearly is. And, and I don't, I don't think he's going to be Alvin Kamara. Let me just preface that, but he could be in that vein, like a, like a very good player. And he is a very good player today. At least I, I think he will keep it up. And, you know, Shredding, shredding, like I said, man, their defense is not bad. It is really not a bad defense. Uh, sh- if if he shreds the Giants' defense, it, to me, it is a big deal. Uh, they they, you if you if you look up the numbers on, like I guarantee, you, if you pull if you were to pull up the the Forty ers Giants box score right now, and I I will pull it up just so you can hear some of these stats. Like I'm I'm going to read the player stats, and you're going to be like. How did they win this game by 30 points? Like, uh, Jared McKinnon ran 14 times for 38 yards. Jeff Wilson ran 12 times for 15 yards. Uh, Nick Mullins went 25 of 36 with 343 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it just like it wasn't that impressive of a performance offensively for the 49ers. They just they had the ball the whole game was the problem. Uh, and and when that happens, they they had the ball for 39 minutes and 44 seconds. The Giants had it for 20 minutes and 16 seconds. Like, it was that lopsided. Uh, they ran 73 plays. The Giants ran 49. Uh, so, they they just kept having the ball. That's what happened. The Giants' defense is not bad. And, like, if we were to come out and just blow the doors off of this defense uh, without their offense helping us do it, it's a really impressive performance, in my opinion. I, 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 I don't think this is a bad defense. No, not 
not at all. I feel like um, that's definitely the unsung hero for the uh, for the Giants. But I I won't say they're an elite defense or anything like that. I feel like the Rams have seen more challenging defenses. But if you're going to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, you can certainly say their defense is no slouch. And um, <laughs> we, also, we also yeah, right. uh, we also have to uh, consider that 49ers offense isn't at its best. So that's <laughs> something to consider as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I always kind of clown on on Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but even I have to admit I'd rather have Jimmy out there. I'm just saying. Yeah, but, but Nick Mullins is, uh, he, as far as backups go, he's probably in the upper half maybe. Like he's a fine backup. He's proven he could be okay. Yeah, I guess. Jimmy, I, I guess Jimmy's better, but yeah. It's nothing to write home about that the Giants did a good job on Nick Mullins. And even then, he's, his numbers were not bad. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how the, the Rams offense comes to play this this week. And like I said, Daryl Henderson is going to be the guy to watch, I, at least offensively anyway. Agreed. Uh, I'll have my eyes peeled on him. If you own him in fantasy, fire him up, put him in that lineup. No doubt about it. He he should be great. I am predicting a a thirty to six victory for the Rams here. Felt like you were being a little generous there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I. I I was more impressed. I like I've said it like eight times in this podcast, but I really was a lot more impressed with their defense than I thought I would be. Uh, I don't know if we're going to score fifty points, but we might. They're still a really trash football team. Well, it's like you said. Uh, even if the Rams offensively don't perform, I feel like defensively the Rams are going to have a field day. So I'm going to go ahead and say forty-five to ten. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, eh, there's no reason we should lose this game. I, I'm excited. It's an East Coaster. Living in New York. Going to get this on cable. Going to get to watch it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Ecstatic about that. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think we need to like, talk a ton more, but I do, I do want to ask, because I was just thinking about this. We so before the year, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, we ranked how we like we try to say what quarterbacks we would take Jared Goff over uh in the NFL. And there's a podcast if you if you're new to the show, you can dig back into the offseason. I think that pod will still be relevant. 
we both said we'd take him over Josh Allen. Do you still feel like that today? Oh, okay. I I might have to eat my words a little bit on that one because I I felt like and and I still kind of feel that way to an extent, but I I said I felt Josh Allen was overrated, and uh, he he's definitely making me a liar. Yeah, um, he looks fucking good, man. <laughs> he's a beast. He he does. He he's definitely the mobile quarterback. Has a good arm, um, but at the same token. Jared Goff doesn't look like a bad quarterback either. Now, has he put up Josh Allen numbers? No, nah, not at all. But um, yeah, for now, I'm giving Allen the edge here, but uh, still, still pretty impressed with Jared Goff. Yeah, I, it, it, it's tough. Um, I, I think like, and, and I'm going to be honest, this is a Homer pick. And I still think I'd take give Goff a slight edge, but it is like if you pulled a hundred Rams fans and a hundred Bills fans and asked them this question, uh, I would imagine the answer would be ninety five percent in favor of the quarterback of their team. Uh, and, and Allen is like he's pushing; he's going to be in the MVP conversation. I think, uh, like he he's he's playing great, and even. You want you want to talk about that second half where Aaron like it's it's kind of what you want from a quarterback and where Aaron Donald was clearly clearly living rent free in this guy's head like he was just getting he Allen was losing his fucking mind and he got caught he got a pers- misconduct penalty uh, on the fumble because he was freaking out because Aaron Donald was clearly in his head and to his credit he put together a game winning drive. And he converted a third and 22. No, no matter what the Divas is giving you, that is no small feat. Uh, and and he, is, he is a monster. Uh, he will, we'll see how, how consistent his passing can be. We know the guy is a cannon. We've always known that. And, it, you know, he's finally starting to put it together as a more complete passer. And... Uh, it's great to see because he is a talented guy and you know it's great when talented guys actually pan out you know like high upside guys like like the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world you draft that guy high because you know what they can be and most of those guys don't pan out Brock Osweiler for example giant didn't pan out great arm strength didn't matter uh but Allen seems like he's going to be a baller in this league for years to come uh based on the the start of the season at least Alrighty, well, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. You can look out for Butting Heads on Wednesday mornings, Uh, but this week it's Friday Morning Pod, obviously. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed our preview pod. You can follow Johnny on Twitter, at Johnny5.6. Follow me, at CRL, and follow Rams Talk, at Talk Rams, and we will talk to you guys next week, hopefully with a 3-1 team. I went in there, I about threw up. All right, have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right?
Let's make Vision Zero a reality in DC. Almost half of DC's traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. DC police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.